0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? All right, let's open the Word tonight. And uh, tonight we are continuing in our series of Women of the Bible, uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And tonight uh, we are talking about hidden virtue. Hidden virtue. Women of the Bible, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly hidden virtue we're still going to talk about a couple of good women we're going to pick up where we left off last week I told you that that no uh, study of the women of the Bible would be complete without a few women one of them was Ruth and uh, the other one was Esther another one was Mary the mother of Jesus and so uh, tonight we're going to talk uh, just a little bit about Esther and Mary the mother of Jesus and we're going to talk about hidden virtue what in the world is that well you know what virtue is but what do I mean by hidden virtue I mean virtue that is resident on the inside of a person whether you're a man or a woman you know male or female there are things that God has placed in your life resident in your life that yet may be hidden that may not be uh, have been called upon yet the demand may not have been made upon some things that God has already placed in you and worked in you Okay. And uh, Luke, the 6th chapter, in verse 45, Jesus said, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. But also, an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart what you say flows out of your heart well evidently jesus believed that there were people who had good hearts and people with evil hearts that's kind of scary isn't it isn't it kind of scary that you could be walking around in this world you know uh, interacting or or, or 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 you know uh, being around people who actually have evil hearts and bring about evil things out of the treasury of their evil hearts wow that's 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 a little bit concerning but jesus you know uh, said that's the way it is uh, tonight we're not going to be talking about the bad and the evil though we're going to be focusing on the good and uh, there, there, there is one chapter in the Bible that is dedicated to the virtuous woman you know that Bible studies have been written and lists have been made and whole conferences assembled to teach and encourage the attributes of the virtuous woman or, uh, or as some people uh, call her, the, the Proverbs 31 woman. You're familiar with that my best understanding and I have read about it although some people aren't certain exactly who wrote Proverbs 31 but but uh, you know like the rabbis teach it it, it 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 was attached to Proverbs and it is most likely the work of Solomon even though right in the beginning it says something about King Lemuel and what his mother had told him well you know uh, the, the 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 words contained I identify with Solomon in Proverbs 31 uh, and and I believe that the first 10 verses are the things that that his mother taught him why does it say Lemuel well let me tell you Solomon had I believe three names uh, we know we call him Solomon we also know that at his birth Nathan the prophet speaking for God called him Jedediah. his name would be Jedediah, you know you know uh, blessed of the Lord uh, you know uh, dedicated to the Lord but also the rabbis teach that his mother had a fond name for him Lemuel And meaning uh, a a gift of God, a gift from God, you know, uh, because that's what he was to her. I have no problems believing that because I know moms, you know, uh, call their young children a lot of little nicknames, a lot of little fond names. And reaching back with this particular one, if you read Proverbs 31, uh, as I said, the rabbis, you know, uh, 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 believe that this is King Solomon in the first 10 verses telling us, what his mother had told him uh, specifically about women you know don't give your strength to women you can read that and then beginning in verse 11 through verse 31 is an alphabetical uh, um, a proverb if you would we know about alphabetical Psalms they contain 21 verses each verse Uh, beginning with the successive letter of the alphabet. That's what this Proverbs does. Each one of these verses, for 21 verses, begins with a successive letter of the alphabet. Okay, And so uh, uh, that details and describes what many believe and what I believe is, is King Solomon telling us about the virtues that he found and that he saw, he observed, and he understood with the wisdom God gave him of observation to be in his mother Bathsheba. Uh, but at, at any rate, you know, there is no one who has ever lived except Jesus who knew more about women, the good, the bad, and the ugly than King Solomon. I mean, my goodness, he had, you know, uh, you know, uh, a thousand, uh, wives and concubines a thousand. And at the end of his life, he said, you know, I'm, I should have believed my daddy and my mama, what they told me, you know, <laughs> because I'm telling you, because you know, uh, some of these women took his heart astray and he built some, 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 uh, idols, and to false gods for his wife, and, uh, and, and he gave his strength to women. The very thing that, that we read in Proverbs 31 that, uh, that uh, the mother said, don't do. The picture, however, that Solomon paints by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is meant to give us insight into the hidden virtues of a woman who follows God, who goes about her life doing her part from her heart without complaint. And uh, uh, if this is the way wise King Solomon saw his mother Bathsheba, it, it it might be one of the greatest testimonies to motherhood and to womanhood that has ever been recorded. Uh, there are a lot of other women in the Bible who had hidden virtues, hidden by the fact that they didn't know it was there until it was, something was asked of them until life demanded it. And all of a sudden, you know, a a, a virtue came, came forth. And tonight we cannot cover all of the virtues there are. I mean, there are lists, you know, there's a Bible study with 52 virtues for women to, to, to apply one each, you know, week to their life. There, you know, there, there are conferences. I mean, there, there are a list of hundreds of them. Aristotle had a list of uh, seven virtues. You know, uh, by the way, uh, one of his list, one, one of his virtues was uh, moderation in all things, even in moderation. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that you need to not be in either one of the ditches. You kind of need to stay up in the middle of the road was his, uh, was his inspiration. But um, two of the people that, that I want to include in the good women we're talking about, one is Queen Esther, the other Mary, the mother of Jesus. And uh, uh, first, let's look at the hidden virtues of this young orphan girl named Esther. Uh, there are, In the book of Esther, if you read it, it's, it's, it's meant to be read just at, a, just at a simple sit down and reading. It's a wonderful, wonderful account of this young lady. There are four major players in, in her life. There are a lot of other characters, but four major players in her life. One is King Xerxes. Uh, Ahasuerus Xerxes the I and King Xerxes was born in the year 519 BC and he started reigning over the Persian Empire in 486 and uh, he, he reigned until 465 but probably along about 469 probably about the year that he was 50 years old he had uh, some trouble with his wife and he uh, got rid of her and started looking for a new wife. Actually, his, uh, his servants and his, his, uh, um, um, the leaders of his, of, of his nation with him began looking for a new wife. and uh, He's one of the players. One of the players is named Haman. Haman was a very wicked man. Haman uh, was uh, uh, connected to the lineage of the Amalekites. And they were the sworn enemies of the Jews. And and Haman was the chief minister of King Xerxes during these years. He hated the Jews and he wanted to destroy them, as did his ancestors. A third uh, important uh, figure in this story is Mordecai. Mordecai is the cousin of Esther. You know, some imagine him to be an uncle, but actually... Uh, we better believe that he was a cousin, an older man. We don't know if he was married. There's no indication or if he had other family. But when Esther's parents died when she was young, he took her into his home and he raised her. And uh, he was a wise man, a man of prayer. He was loyal to the king without compromising his commitment to worship God only. And the fourth player, of course, uh, important player, was Esther herself, an orphan girl raised and cared for by her cousin. She was chosen by God to save her family, but she didn't know it. She didn't feel it. She, uh, She didn't even think she could whenever it came to her attention. But she perfectly fit the description of a young and beautiful virgin girl who would spend a year being made presentable to the king in hopes that he would receive her, in hopes that he, uh, she would please him, and that he would crown her queen, as many, many others had before her. Okay. And uh, the fact that she was a Jew uh, was kept secret. She kept it a secret. She was told by Mordecai, don't let anybody know you're a Jew. So she kept, uh, in, in strict obedience to the instructions of her cousin, she kept it a secret. The story in brief, if you're not familiar with it, was that King uh, uh, uh King Xerxes, uh, would entertain a new young lady probably every night uh, for, uh, for a year. And finally it came Esther's time. And Esther, with the wisdom that she was given by, by one of the eunuchs who was in charge of her, took only into his bedchamber What the eunuch who served him and knew him best prescribed. And there she so impressed that king that he made her queen and crowned her to be queen. Not knowing that she was a Jew, Haman hated the Jews. And, and Mordecai had refused to bow before Haman because he would worship no one but God Almighty, no one but Jehovah. And so Haman brought his matter before the king and said, King, there are a people in the land and that th- 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 they, they aren't good for us. They aren't. He, he was the chief minister. And I am willing to, to pay 10,000 bags of gold or silver if you will allow me to, to, to clear the kingdom in every one of our provinces from here to india allow me to send out a decree according to the persian law and cleanse the kingdom of these jews he wanted of course to kill mordecai because mordecai would not pay homage to him the king agreed because haman talked him into it and he signed a decree and it went out when it was known that it went out mordecai came to esther and said esther You must go before the king and tell the king what's happening. And you must find favor with him and and, and keep your, your family and all the Jews from being wiped out all over through the 127 provinces. Esther did not believe that she could because there was a law that forbid anyone to come into the presence of the king. Even the queen, she was queen consort. She was not queen. She had no authority. She had no leadership, no rulership. Haman had more authority, much more authority in the kingdom than she did. And so she said, I can't do it. And of course, Mordecai, his famous words, he said, you know, uh, listen, if, if, if you don't do this, don't think, you know, uh, that, 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 that it's going to turn out well for you. Certainly God will cause enlargement and deliverance t- to arise uh, for the Jews from another place. But you and your family will not survive. You know, it, it won't happen to us in this generation, but God will cause it to happen at some point. But you are called by God perhaps you came to the kingdom for just such a time as this well uh, Esther ended up going before the king and the king gave a reprieve and and uh, you know uh, gave uh, the Jews an opportunity to kill their enemies first (laughs) and so they actually did and Haman in such disgust that his plans had been thwarted you can read it's much better read than I tell it There he went out and hung himself on the very gallows that he had prepared to hang Mordecai on the day that the law took effect. Well, God brought such deliverance. Esther is an amazing young woman. So many virtues which were hidden in her life, uh, even hidden from her until life made its demands. Such was the case with the young girl named Mary from the town of Nazareth. When we were first introduced in the scriptures to Mary, there are also a few main characters in her account. Uh, In the story of the birth of Jesus, there is a king named Herod. Herod basically hates everybody, Herod is insecure. Herod, uh, you know, even, even executes his own children and everyone else, anyone that's a threat to his kingdom, anyone that is a threat to his leadership, he annihilates, he executes summarily executes. He's not a good man. And, uh, he was very insecure and very threatened by the news that there was a King of the Jews that was born in the town of Bethlehem. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Herod sent down there and killed all the, you know, young boys two years old and younger there's a second character in the story of the birth of Jesus that we find it here in Mary's life and and uh in 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 this account in Matthew and in Luke we find the Gabriel the, the, the angel Gabriel Gabriel was an angel sent from God, a messenger that had been sent, uh, you know, from God to other people all throughout the word of God. He's also sent to this young girl. He sent to Mary to tell her that she had been chosen to encourage her even to confirm his message by going down and visiting Elizabeth, who was her cousin, who was also pregnant in her old age by miraculous and divine intervention. Gabriel uh, was not only sent to Mary but Gabriel was also sent to Joseph Mary's fiancé. She was betrothed to this man with plans to marry him and he is our third important character Joseph Joseph was a good man Joseph was such a good man that he was chosen by God to be a fatherly representation to God's only begotten son Jesus and in this account of Joseph The angel Gabriel showed up to him and and Joseph of course did not want to make a public example of his fiancee Mary who was six months pregnant by the time he found out about it and he realized that she's beginning to show now and she's pregnant now and my goodness I know that she has been engaged to me and I know that we have not done anything and therefore she must have been you know having sex with someone else that was of course that's the understandable conclusion and so it took an angel gabriel to show up to him and instruct him and he followed gabriel's instructions to the letter he risked his own life to take care of not only mary he risked his reputation taking care of mary and taking care of jesus and uh, um, of course the fourth character in the story is mary I'm not uh, leaving Jesus out on purpose here, but uh, in this particular account, Mary, a young virgin chosen by God to bear his only begotten son, she was a good wife, a good mother, a good friend, a good supporter of her son's ministry, a good follower of Messiah and of God's plan and purposes for her life and for your life and for my life and for our eternities well beyond the moment that she faced you know the story of mary i don't have to tell it to you but she is an example for every woman to follow she like esther she possessed virtues virtues that even she did not recognize in her own life and this is one of our big points tonight is that resident on the inside of you are things that you are as yet unaware of things that 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 perhaps you cannot imagine you're capable of things good things wonderful things things that help others things that will benefit uh, people even beyond your life and you may not be aware people uh, you know uh, need to be uh, benefited beyond the circle of what you imagine your influence might be and inside of you is you know there are resident virtues that as yet life has not made a demand for but when it does you can trust god because he never calls where he does not also anoint and provide everything that is needed it's a confidence that we should get up with in the morning a confidence that no matter what the day demands no matter what the task requires that my god is able and i can do all things through christ who strengthens me I should not worry whenever I'm faced with a task that I feel unprepared for or, or that, that, I, that I don't feel as though that, 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 that I have you know, been, you know, ever seen before in my life. Nonetheless, there is nothing that you can face that God will not be there with you. Just like Corey Tenpoom said, there is no hole so deep that God is not deeper still. You will find him in every place in life. Women, good women, they are incredible. I mean, you know, many of you like Esther, like Mary, you know, you have hidden virtues. And as I said, when life makes its demands, those virtues will surface and you will find yourself able to do things you had never imagined you were able to do. Don't. Think bad or don't think light, don't think little of yourself. <laughs> the Son of the Living God lives on the inside of you. Yes, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. Let's just actually check our hearts to make sure our hearts are right with God <clears throat> because we truly can do all things through Christ. What are some of the virtues that were shared by these women? One of them is chastity. I don't know how else to say it. But God went to great lengths to mention that these ladies were virgins. What does that mean? You know, uh, it it means that they were pure in their heart and in their life. For, for, For those of us who now approach this and say god what does this mean for me it means that you should have a pure and undefiled heart and life in mind that you should check the purity of your heart because it's very important that you worship god and god alone that you have one god and that your heart belongs to him not because they could not but because they chose not to compromise the standards of their life. Choose not to compromise your integrity. Choose not to compromise your moral standards of life. Choose. It's a choice, and it makes a difference. A second virtue that was shared by these women, and there are so many, but we'll just look at four this evening. One was courage. They were both very courageous. Both of these women exhibited great courage in accepting assignments from God, even though neither of them believed that they could do what they were being asked to do. You know, great courage. It took great courage for Mary. You know, she went down to see Elizabeth. She was she was just barely, you know, uh, you know, uh, just not even showing. She goes down to see Elizabeth, and while she's down there, Elizabeth, you know, is, is ready to be delivered. But Mary comes back, and by the time she gets back, she's six months pregnant. Would you want to go back into your community in that day, six months pregnant, not being married? She stood not only to lose her reputation and her, her and at her betrothal, but also to lose her life what courage it took what courage it took from her the same thing with esther what courage it took to go before a king knowing that you were placing your life in his hands and whatever mood he was in whatever you know uh, um you know counselor whatever advisor was there with him courage another virtue that we see that these women shared was humility what do I mean by humility both of these women realized that they could not do what they were called to do without God I cannot do this without God Esther said Mordecai you know, I'm going to fast and pray. You go back home and you get all of our friends together and you guys fast and pray because I cannot do this without God. That's humility. Humility is not weakness. Humility is not a lack of resolve. Humility is not cowering down in a corner somewhere. Humility is not not you know holding your tongue. Humility is a dependence upon almighty God, knowing that in you and of yourself, you can do nothing. But with God, you can do all things. Humility. You know, not only yesterday but Mary. Mary said, How can these things be? This cannot happen without you, God. Oh. Humility. They needed God. They did their part, but they appreciated the fact that they could not do it all. A fourth and final virtue that we'll look at tonight which I pray that you are taking note of these and and saying to yourself You know, uh, you know, am am, am, am I a person with a chaste heart when I'm a person with with a chaste life Am am, am I devoted to pleasing God? Uh, am, am, Am I pure in heart and pure in mind and am I pure in my motives? I pray that you are asking yourself am I courageous and am I a person that if God asked me to I would walk back into a situation that I know I cannot handle without him Are you humble? Do you know that you need him? A fourth thing which many times can be a point of argument whenever someone's preaching or teaching especially on the subject of women but it's not only a virtue of women okay it is a virtue that God requires from each one of us tonight we're talking about these two ladies and the virtue in their life we will call submissiveness what does that mean? submissiveness well both Esther and Mary were very strong ladies they were strong and courageous in their own rights however not not to get in either ditch by the way okay but both Esther and Mary accomplished their task from the confines of their life because they were confined in a culture, in a custom, in a tradition. Esther was queen consort, not queen, she had no authority. She had to work within the confines of her life. She had to be submissive to the king, she also showed her submissiveness to mordecai in which she did not want to do what he said do but she found that virtue and inside of her that she went ahead and followed through with she knew mordecai loved her she knew he had her best interest at heart he had been nothing else in her life but kind and caring and loving and encouraging and this too was something she needed to trust and that's what submission is it's trust whether it's trusting god are trusting someone else and sometimes we have to trust others the same thing with mary you see mary had to trust joseph do you know whenever it came time to um, take jesus down into egypt to save his life to protect his life and to keep him from being you know uh, killed by king herod that the angel gabriel did not show up to mary he showed up to joseph he told Joseph, take the child down, read the story, read the account. And Mary just had to trust Joseph. Well, neither of these women, as I said, believed that they could do what they've been asked to do or tasked to do. They both needed encouragement. Thank God they had someone along the way to encourage them. Gabriel, you know, Mordecai, you know, uh, Joseph. I have a favorite verse i have a favorite saying each one of my bible heroes i have a verse a favorite saying i've boiled it down normally to a favorite thing that they said not what was said about them not what was said to them but each one of my bible heroes i have something uh, that, that, that i pull something out that they said if i can find something they said something they said that i that i carry with me and speaks to me in situations Uh, uh, I have a favorite uh, from Esther. When it comes to Esther, I hear Esther saying, uh, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to see the king. (laughs) I love that. Now, that's that's paraphrased. What it actually says is in in Esther 4.16, go and gather all the Jews who are present in Sushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. I'm going to do what God has called me to do without respect to what it costs me. If I perish, and many times that's the way I, I rehearse it to myself. If I perish, I perish, but I am going to see the king. Whatever it takes to see the king, I'm going to see the king. And I, you know, whatever it costs me to do what God has called me to do, I will gladly pay the price for the king. Not without trepidation, but confident, but not without prayer as Esther When I think of Mary, the mother of Jesus, you probably know what I say to myself. I say what she said, not what was said about her necessarily, not what was said to her. But one of the things she said, which is very important to me, uh, uh, is uh, she said, you know, be it unto me according to your word. Again, paraphrased, Be it unto me according to thy word. Let me submit to your word. Be it unto me. I don't understand it. and I don't think I can do it. I don't even necessarily want to do it, but be it unto me according to your word. We may not know what it is until it has occasion to come out. But hopefully in the preponderance of life, the good treasure of your good heart will speak good things. Amen. Be a virtuous person. You know, check your heart. Check your heart. Because whatever's in your heart, in time, it will come out. Okay. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.